Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, how you doing? Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday, the 20th of September 2021 with me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson, episode 348. Hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. 11, 18 hours this morning. Well, it is morning. Today, I meant to say. My earliest uh, recording, I think, in a few weeks, just... uh, changing my day around, switching it around uh, today, probably in large part due to avoiding the cafe in the morning after being asked that favour last week, more of that uh, later. But uh, I just think I'd probably benefit overall from uh, saving the best part of the day until later. My my day's peak with a cafe, I get home by 1400 hours and that's it. That's the day pretty much over. Very cold morning in London, which is a surprise because according to the weather, it's supposed to be fairly bright today. I've got five layers on. They're not big layers. I've not brought out the winter big boys, but they are, well, it's an extra two layers on what I was wearing yesterday. Just feeling a bit unwell again. I'm up and down. I have a couple of days where I feel okay, a couple of days where I don't feel okay. I think the the colder weather when it comes, you, you know, you just really feel it in this property. And uh, last week as well, I was a, I was a bit worried. I was thinking, uh, am I going to be one of those guys who's been double jabbed and gets the virus again? I took a couple of LFTs. I'm not great with acronyms, but I'm now so familiar with uh, these lateral flow tests that uh, the acronym, I've, I've nailed that down. Took a couple of them and uh, I'm fine. I thought I would be fine. It's a little confusing, I think, because the C on these tests that I get, the C stands for clear, really. Uh, you could easily confuse that C for COVID. So I was a bit thrown first when I saw the C on the first test. But I think it's the change in weather that's affecting me a bit. Also, I've been pushing it the last couple of weeks again. Bit of a backward step on that front. I've been having, a, including last Monday, trying to get this show out a few days where I've just worked for too long and I've worked into the night and that's pretty poor, you know, considering that uh, the last year has brought me face to face with uh, my mortality when you've spent much of your life thinking that you might live forever. That's been a bit of a shock to the, to, to the system. I've been trying to take that on board, trying to make the adjustments I need to make to ensure that things don't get worse health-wise. And here I am again pushing myself and um, just trying to stay focused, struggling to stay focused creatively, I think. There is a problem in that. I think I'm pretty good at focusing on a narrow range of projects, But while I try to determine what that narrow range of projects should be, I can be looking at one thing, then another thing, then another thing. And that's what's happening at the moment. And I'm not sleeping well. Last week's uh, visit 
from the space study. That was cancelled. Would have been his first visit in three years. That was cancelled because, you know, he's, he's quite paranoid and also he's a fairly large guy. And I just think the way I'm playing it now is if I've got people coming over or if I'm meant to be meeting people or if I'm going to my aunt and uncles, uh, considering that, you know, they're in their 80s officially, then I just think it's the right thing to do to, to have an idea of how I'm feeling and just take uh, one of those LFTs. So I had to tell the space daddy. Uh, I left it quite late. I just thought in the end it's going to be the right thing to do. I'll leave it up to you. I've, I've taken a test. It's fine, but I'll understand if you don't want to come over for the uh, Liverpool-Milan game. I am. This was last Wednesday. Although I am feeling, uh, I'm feeling unwell. It may be that I've just got a cold coming on. It may be that you know the, the weather getting colder has affected me. So uh, naturally, he he cancelled, which again is his uh, prerogative. And I was glad, really, that uh, because it was only the space daddy, so I left the mousetraps out. If it had been someone else that maybe had never been over before or who I wasn't as comfortable with, I would have removed the space, uh, sorry, the, the mousetraps. But, but, you know, the space daddy is a single guy. You go to his place, there's clearly no woman's touch. It's a bit like this place. It's just chaos. I, I don't know how to run a flat. It's just messy clutter everywhere this desk from where I'm recording is just there's barely any space on it I don't know how I do it I know it's me because I do it you know wherever I live it's always been the way I don't know whether it's down to never having a bedroom of my own so always just from my earliest days just whatever I had I'd have a small space for my own stuff and you just find a way to cram everything into that small space. And I'm still living like that. I think it's a mental thing. It's a hangover from an earlier age. It was only the space daddy coming over. And I just figured, yep, just leave the uh, mousetraps out. I, I wouldn't even need to explain anything to him. He, he's familiar with the uh, mousetrap visual. So I think also, though, to be to be honest about it, I was anxious about the trip. And I just think I need to get comfortable with people coming over. It's not something I've been comfortable with for a long time. And it's also the potential awkwardness of asking them to remove their shoes. And I'm wondering how I might do that next week when I have another friend uh, possibly coming over because I was at theirs on Saturday for, for a gathering. And because there were quite a few people there, I didn't take my shoes off because, you know, we were going to go out into the garden, which we did more of which later. So I'm not going to be heading in and out of the hallway to put my shoes on but there's no garden here it's just a flat I want to keep the carpets clean I want to keep the streets outside of my home home in inverted commas so I'd rather people remove their trainers I think people should do that automatically but they don't and having said that I do think about the last 20 years and all the various places I've lived in since leaving Mayflower never mind Mayflower when people would come in with their shoes on despite the fact that I would sleep in the front room and I'm thinking well, was I like this 20 years ago? Probably not. It's something that's just, I think, become more extreme. It is a hygienic thing, but I'm also prepared to concede it is an OCD. And it does get in the way of me being comfortable with people coming over. I think that once I have someone coming over, it won't be much of a problem, that same person coming over again. It's a bit like, you know, whenever I was in relationships and you're trying to get comfortable in all aspects of the relationship, including the bedroom, I was never the kind of guy who could make that first night memorable. You know, I have to be comfortable. I have to build up that form. I'm not someone who can just go like that. 
And I think I'm like that now with my living accommodation. So the Space Daddy, I think I'm going to try and get him over maybe for next Tuesday, Liverpool. I think it's Liverpool-Porto. I've had to switch an interview round that I had that night with a guy in Brazil because of the time difference. That would be, uh, I think it would be 10 p.m. my time, 2,200 hours to be consistent, um, that I'd have to do it at my end, 1,800 hours Rio time. And then I'm going to see if my other friend that I saw on Saturday will also come over. He's, you know, he hasn't seen the space daddy for a while. He's keen to see him again. But of course, it's whether the space daddy's going to be comfortable seeing someone else as well, in addition to me in an indoor setting. I did notice, I think the last few days, wondering what I might have. I have noticed that there are quite a few people coughing at the moment and sniffing it, it, it i think it is a bit early for the flu season but maybe our immune systems are down because last uh last winter we were all you know in our you know indoors so we didn't really have a flu uh flu crisis last winter we've been told we're going to have one this winter and i suppose every time you get a sniffle now your first uh mental protocol is going to be okay is this is this the virus? Is this that virus? Do I need to take an LFT? So I've got, uh, I think uh, I've got about 12 LFT tests now in the flat and I'm just going to keep topping them up every couple of weeks and just get into the habit of uh, doing this. Just feeling, as I say, my body feels cold today despite the five layers. I've got a hoodie on. That's the external layer. It's the indoor only hoodie. I was wearing a hat earlier. I had to rest for half an hour in bed, just rest my eyes. I'd not been sleeping well, goes without saying. I'm a bit concerned now about this whole gas crisis, the energy bills that they're talking about. I had British gas come over unexpected twice last week. Uh, this girl, she must be a recent graduate. I don't know what she's doing in the job, but um, you know, I said I'm not letting anybody in. No one's told me that someone's coming to check the meter. And we got talking on the buzzer. She was throwing an amazing, awesome into the conversation. She was back on um, the following day, whenever that was, to to check for some other meter. I don't know. I don't even know where the gas meter is. So I'm going to have to ask because they've told me to do my own reading, which I haven't done for years. I've certainly not done one since I've been here. So I am concerned, I have to say, reading what's going on with gas in this country and the prices that are going to be spiking because you know I'm just not in a position to be paying any more than I am to be here I I shouldn't be here I shouldn't be here for many reasons financial being one of them and my housing situation suffered a blow last week with the council they looked at my medical assessment didn't even go back to my GP they're very clever the council we we do not accept letters from your GP that I suppose they think well you know if people get on well with their GPs their GPs are going to write them a letter put pressure on us to house them we don't accept that we'll go to your GP if we feel there's a case to go to your GP and I gave them uh, provided all the evidence that was required got turned down which I expected what I didn't expect which is so damn cheeky they've now knocked me down to the bottom banding so I'm not even a priority anymore for the council 
Prior to this medical assessment, I was, I think, on the third banding, which means, you know, I'm probably looking at a decade before being housed. Now it's, uh, I'm not even in the running. So I've got to appeal. So someone checking the, f- I don't know what they're checking. I don't even know what's going on in this place. Normally it stops a lot earlier. I'm just going to carry, there we go, it's stopped. One day it's going to be for real and I'm just going to be too slow to react to it. My dad with his uh, rope of hope where uh, the plan was that he would lower the entire family out of the window via this rope, bought in Bond Marsh, Brixton. He'd lower us all out from the second floor and save our lives. I mean, it was a ridiculous plan. It was never going to work. But at least he had a plan. At least he had something that kept him going. Me, I, I don't know how I'd get out of this place. Top floor again. No flat roof that I can uh, access. I'd just be gone here. That's a bit grim, isn't it? Where was I? I was talking about the housing situation. Yes, that's it. I've got to appeal now. I've got 21 days to appeal. I'm waiting for the woman who runs this advice center to come back to me. She's not in until tomorrow. I just want to make sure what I can say in my letter. I want to just, because I don't have much common sense when it comes to this stuff and because I think, you know, more so with the medication, I want to check that it's not the right, you know, the right thing to do to say in the letter. And if you do not uh, return me to my original banding, then I will be taking legal advice. I just uh, wonder if I need to... um, if it if it's something I should be saying or if it's something I shouldn't be saying. I suspect the latter, but I just want to check with her. I had to buy a stamp to send this letter off. Hopefully I can send it off tomorrow. 85p for a first-class stamp. Normally, well, I told you last week, I don't need to repeat what I normally do when I get letters with stamps. But this is the first stamp I've bought in a long time. I don't expect to buy another stamp this year. 85p for a stamp. I remember when they were about 20p for years it's this this world is crazy just mentally trying to stay on top of things with a running did two 10ks last week both quite slow i think and i did a six or seven k on the wednesday i was quite slow on friday's run about five six minutes behind that seems to be the pattern at the moment planning on another run tonight ideally a 10 but Probably at the moment, the way I'm feeling, I think it's going to be a 6 or 7K again. And I think when I feel like this, as I said, I think last week, that when I feel like this, the run is less of a problem. I can go out there knowing that I I need this. And uh, the problem is I know the park so well. I know the route so well. I know I can't trick my body. My body knows when... It, my body knows where the pain comes in on each part of that run. It knows every turn, every chunk of that route now. It knows it. So it's, it's, it's difficult mentally. If I was one of those guys who could run with uh, headphones, that would probably be better for me so I could kind of switch off and it might even help me improve, but I, I can't. Also, I just like to know who's coming behind me. Sometimes you hear someone tailgating you on a, on a, a trail and you can only hope that it's another runner. Uh, particularly in winter. So, uh, you know, I'm going to keep doing it without the headphones, but it is mentally quite tough. Never mind, uh, never mind physically. But, you know, when I'm feeling like this, I know that it's the right thing to do. And that makes it a tiny bit easier. And there's that satisfaction of coming back and your body just feels a bit lighter afterwards. So that's on for tonight, by which time this show will be out. Uh, 
books, finished three books last week, was reading quite a lot. And also because I was traveling to Morden, I, I read quite a bit on the bus as well as uh, working this single decker that I have to get. It takes forever to arrive and almost takes forever to get there. The return journey back, because I'm traveling late at night, it's not so bad, but the journey there is uh, an absolute pain. This week I'm reading, I started it on Saturday night. I'm reading John Eldridge, Murder at the Natural History Museum, a historical whodunit, book five in the series. They're not um they're not terrific books, but they pass the time and sometimes you just need to pass the time with a book and that's enough. The outline for the book, 1895, when the newly dubbed museum detectives are asked to investigate deliberate damage to a dinosaur skeleton at the Natural History Museum, there is evidence that the fossil hunting mania of the notorious Bone Wars that's Bone Wars, not Bone Wars, in America may have reached their shores. But for Daniel Wilson, famed for his involvement in the Jack the Ripper case and renowned archaeologist Abigail Fenton, events take a sinister turn. A museum attendant is found dead in an anteroom by none other than the infamous theatre manager Bram Stoker, who it seems may have had a personal connection with the deceased, facing pressure from both uh, facing pressure both from an overseas business and local celebrity, Wilson and Fenton must rely on their talents and instincts to solve their most puzzling case yet. Interesting from my point of view that this is another book involving Bram Stoker because I finished the uh, Count prequel written by his great grand or his grand great nephew something like that and with another guy I'm always uh, suspicious when a book is more than one author but it was a good piece of work to be fair and um, one of them books that I'm a bit disappointed to finish finish even and Bram Stoker was in that it was it was supposed to be because the thing about the original book the count the first 101 pages were edited edited out what is wrong with me i'm i'm tired can't even speak properly the first 101 pages of that book were were edited out you can get them i think if you read the book the count's guest and other short stories written by Bram Stoker. Obviously, it's not called The Count's Guest. You just know I'm saying The Count rather than the name of The Count. But it's written in the style of a book where everything was supposed to be true. So what the prequel has done is saying, well, yes, work on the basis that the famous book was true, and this is where it came from. And it was written in the same style, telegrams, scraps and notes, different narrators... And this one features Bram Stoker during his days managing the Lyceum Theatre, managing uh, Henry Irving, the famous actor. And it's linked to the Oscar Wilde libel case because Bram Stoker and Oscar Wilde were old friends. They both studied together, I think, in Dublin, Dublin University, perhaps. So it's good. It's, I mean, it's certainly a lightweight book. You know, I don't uh, finish these... uh, museum books and think wow i can't wait to read the next one but if they're out i'll get them you know that's uh it's decent it passes the time hygiene fail of the week might be of the year actually this one certainly one of the worst i've ever seen or had to report i've said it before with cycling not that i can cycle but if i could cycle if i had the common sense to cycle particularly when i was a kid kids dumping bikes on pavements while going into shops 
that aspect of cycling I'd have really struggled with. I would have been the kid that would have been looking to park his uh, Lini's bike up against the lamppost or something for this very reason. 17th of September, 1440, sorry, 1345 hours, an upturned Santander bike dumped on South Lambeth Road, SW8. Its handlebars were less than half an inch away from dog muck. It was a horrendous visual. That individual bike, as I tweeted at the time, surely has to be decommissioned immediately. It was, I don't expect to see a worse hygiene fail. Uh, not this year. Uh, and maybe never. It was horrendous. A few minutes later, outside Little in Stockwell, there were a couple of energy drink cans dumped on a post that normally people dump their stuff on. Drinks usually. Sometimes you'll find the odd banana skin on there. And these energy cans were, were dumped just several meters away from the nearest bin. Obviously, the drinks didn't give sufficient energy for the cans to be disposed of properly absolute animals daniel ruiz tyson is available episode 348 follow me on twitter and instagram at 1607 west egg facebook.com forward slash drt available DanielRuizTyson.com for all my work. There is, of course, the Patreon page that keeps this show alive. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash DRT available. Several tiers on there, including the all-in-one tier, which allows you early access to all my podcasts, including when shorts were short. Thank you, all of you who are supporting that Patreon page. That is uh, appreciated. Just a quick dream to report from last night. I did have a catnap on... Sunday, quite a deep one, but I can't recall any dreams from it. But this morning, or overnight, I think it was this morning that I had this dream, I found myself in a pool, a swimming pool, that was full of large salmon. goes without saying, I I didn't hang around. I mean, birds are my big fear, but uh, certainly not one really that's comfortable swimming in the sea. I did a lot of snorkeling as a kid, but I was never quite comfortable once I went deep because of all the fish also when you're in the sea and i know that i think it's seven tenths of the earth is covered by water but when you're in the sea never mind that well not exactly true here because of um you know fishing the amount of fish that die because they've been caught by uh, fishermen fishing boats but the ones that aren't caught they're all doing their bathroom stuff in that water and you're swimming in that water Uh, no one talks about that is that the equivalent of maybe going to a park and just rolling around in the grass that's the way i'm thinking on that i don't know staying with the aquatic theme a moment longer though i heard from the kid last week mainly because he needs a new reference he doesn't hang around too long in his jobs he is very good at the jobs he does and he's very good at getting them but he doesn't stick around that often he's a bit of a mercenary but anyway he's told me he's learned how to swim finally i think part of the motivation for that was because his his dad had a very bad experience with covid to try and recover his health he's been going swimming i think three or four times a week so i'm guessing that the kid has maybe had to accompany his dad and has finally you know bitten the bullet and decided well i'm gonna I'm going to swim too if uh, if this COVID thing ever clears and if I'm going on holiday again, I, I want to maybe, or maybe I should be doing a bit more than just parading my abs poolside. Maybe I ought to go into the water from time to time and show myself or show others that I can 
swim. Saturday, I was quite... Um, so on on the Tuesday, no, on the Wednesday, the Space Daddy had cancelled coming over, but I still had a uh, a friend's gathering on the Saturday evening, and I was a little anxious about that, not just because of the journey there. Just, you know, when you spend so much time on your own, it's very difficult to... I guess it's, it comes down to social skills that I perhaps don't have, but I do know that the pandemic has changed me. Also, I have to accept that... You know, the medication has changed me. The, these things, although I, they are making me anxious, that I would be far more anxious without the pills. Uh, I think maybe the pills, well, I know the pills slow me down too much, but maybe when it comes to something like Saturday, it kind of helps. But uh, I had a nice time on, on Saturday seeing uh, my friend in uh, in Morden, where I'd uh, stayed with them for about uh, three months back in uh, 2010, early 2011. There was a moment where the first guests started to arrive about an hour and a half after I'd got there. And I knew most of them, but there was a moment where just because you don't want to encroach on people's space because one, uh, most of them are effectively strangers to me, even though I know them. But, you, you know, you, you're aware of the whole COVID thing and uh, you want to give people their space. Uh, the place was well ventilated. But there was a bit where I found myself trapped in a corner for about five minutes. And to my right, I had my friend's son chatting to his friend who turned up and I had no one to my left, but I, I could feel it was a situation I'd been in on many an occasion. I remember a wedding I had to go to in 1996 and I, it was the reception I had to go to in Islington and I, I was an absolute disaster there. It was, I just had no skills and that is something that could easily happen again if I was put in the same situation, which is why the really big events like weddings I tend to avoid. And also, I guess a big weakness for me when it comes to social events is because I'm not part of any clique, it means that when I do get invited to an event that I feel I can't get out of, then although I might know some people there, more often than not, I don't. But if I know some people there, I am still the one who's not part of the clique. So I'm the one who's least comfortable there. And it becomes a bit of a problem. I don't know how I changed that. The fact is, the good thing is, I went on Saturday. I told them that I wasn't well, which I wasn't. On Thursday, I, I thought, Thursday night, I, I took six painkillers on Thursday because I really wasn't well. So I took another LFT on the Friday. And uh, I just thought there's no way, at the very least, this is going to be a cold and it's going to be poor form to turn up at someone's place if I've got a cold. At the time, I thought there were going to be older people going, i.e. The, the, the parents and the in-laws. And they weren't there anyway. But I just think that, as I said earlier, I think if you're unwell now, I think the thing to do is just to be honest with people, say, look, I'm not well. I have taken an LFT. I've taken a couple of LFTs, whatever they're clear but I have got something I've got a bug I want to let you know it's not going to be a problem for me if you you know if you'd rather what was that sound let me just click on audacity am I going to stop this I think I'm just going to leave it in there you tell me what you think that sound was so get hard swallow there getting back to whatever I was talking about can I remember I think it's the best approach is to be honest with people and I was also I also took the same approach with another friend that I saw on Thursday evening for coffee. And I said, look, I've taken a, a couple of LFTs. 
blah, blah, blah. We probably ought to wait a couple of weeks. You know, the LFTs are clear, but I, I do feel like I've got something. They just came back and said, uh, two LFTs are good enough for me. See you later. We went to the uh, cafe on South Lambeth Road, well-ventilated place, and it was good to get out. This, of course, was a bigger situation on Saturday. Not a massive gathering, maybe about 14, 15 people. Nice evening. And uh, once we got out into the garden... Uh, my my friend had put together a fire at the back of this uh, garden, a big garden, and uh, I stayed there till about twenty two hours, twenty two hundred hours, and then I had to make uh, the long walk, long walk back to Morden Station and, and jump on this bus that took forever, single decker. And um, once we were out in the garden, all the guys, I was a bit more comfortable. And actually, there was a funny situation because my. Um, Friend's kid was out there with another of his friends who looked like something out of uh, some people just do nothing. This white middle class kid had turned up in all this sportswear and had the whole fancy handshake, whatever it was. It looked at one point like they were playing paper, scissors, stone when he came in and, and, and greeted my friend's kid. And he looked about 18. He looked like he was in a boy band, but dressed up as if he was a gangster. And I just thought, if this kid was around here if he lived around here he would not survive this is uh he's appropriating something that isn't his to appropriate he didn't speak much he was smoking a lot and i do feel a bit wheezy because of some of the smoke in the uh from the garden that was around me and that affected me a bit yesterday but anyway they facetimed another friend of theirs and they got into a bit of you know back and forth as 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 you do and there were a few mum jokes flying around and we were all hearing it and then the kid that they were facetiming i couldn't see him uh he, you know i was sat opposite the 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 kids that were facetiming this other kid and you just hear from the phone your mum's got diabetes and i thought it was so f- for me it was really funny because that's not really a cuss I'm I'm not sure how if we're talking about old school cussing I'm not sure how that works it was just such a surreal thing to say everyone started laughing and then my friend who was next to me and uh, he picked up the phone and just pretended to be angry and said hey what are you saying about my wife what did you say about my wife and the other kid the kid on the other end of the phone started panicking so that was a that was a quite a funny moment maybe i've done it no favors in my retelling of it let's quickly move on to nectar points anyway look long and short of it i'm trying to get out there i'm trying to engage with people but i do feel that if you're not well you need to tell people and leave it up to them as to whether they're comfortable with you coming over or seeing you uh nectar points update uh saturday had to buy some moth paper having a bit of a moth problem at the moment I think it's because I can't open the blinds properly. But I don't mind the normal little moths, but when you start getting closed moths, uh, I've lived with that problem. In a, I, I inherited that problem in a flat in Putney in 2007, and it's horrible. I don't want that happening here. I spent uh, just £5.20 on Saturday in Sainsbury's. My previous points balance was 273 I earned five points on these purchases. New points balance of 278 Points are worth £1.39. I'm not sure I'm going to... Well, I should get to the uh, magical 250 mark, surely, by Christmas Star Wars football. I'll tell you why there's only been one game in the last week. Because, of course, I had to clear the pitch. I had to clear all the clutter in the front room. 
And once I've cleared the pitch, then it becomes a real pain to mark the pitch out again properly and I've aligned the goals, etc. But haven't played a game now for a week. Might have to play as uh, Champions League if I play tonight. But I think that once I have to hide the uh, Star Wars action figures and uh, remove the goals, it becomes a big deal to get them out again. Last week, League Cup quarterfinal second leg, the tie was in the balance. The holders Hoth led 1-0 via a penalty in the first leg. And uh, Rebels and Hoth were meeting for the third consecutive season in the League Cup. And the final score was one all. Hoth went through 2-1 on aggregate. It was uh, quite a defensive performance and formation from them. They took some stick. But uh, two big injuries for Rebels. Padma, who played so brilliantly against Tatooine after coming on as a sub, she broke her leg. I've had to glue her. I'm not sure she's going to be the same again. And Zedek's infantry man, who was released by Death Star at the end of Silver Age Season 5, very skillful player, done very well at Rebels. He's one of those action force figures who is quite vulnerable. And I noticed one of his legs was really loose and that came off in train in the following days. So I've had to glue him. So he's just going to have one good leg right now. So Rebels really struggling in terms of flare players and uh, injuries. The Let me give you the League Cup draw i'm sweating now actually these five tops so tatooine meet the holders hoth tatooine have won the league cup twice in the silver age tatooine knocked out of the semi-finals last season by alderaan tatooine at home in the first leg to hoth and bespin still unbeaten they face x-wing who won the league cup in silver age season four they they face off against each other in the other semi-final all right, let's move on to the cafe. Don't think there's too much uh, to report. Actually, I, I forgot to say um, Lidl's all changed there in Stockwell in, in terms of how everything's uh, laid out. So I'm not able to get out of there as quickly as I was able to before. It's taken me a while longer to adapt to the new aisles. Also, when you buy a steak in there, it's bad enough that those steaks are hard to chew when you get them home. But because I go on the self-checkout, apparently something to do with the tax on steaks means unless you queue up and have the cashier scan the steak for you, it triggers the alarms when you leave the shop. So I'm always having to show the security guard the budget steak. I don't really want that moment. So I didn't buy a steak last week. Let's move on to the cafe. I've noticed that I've got a new nervous gesture now when people talk to me in the cafe. I begin rubbing my glasses increasingly aggressively on my T-shirt. I keep doing this, especially when the beard chats to me. Last Wednesday, that was the 15th, he instigated some small talk concerning the previous night's uh, Man U game in Europe where they lost to Young Boys a late goal after a Jesse Lingard mistake. Then the beard got called away by someone else. I thought to myself, this is going to be interesting. Let me see if he returns to complete the small talk. He didn't. Now, if that was me in this position, I would have come back. I would have said, oh, by the way, what I was saying, something along those lines, that's all it needed. Gave him the opportunity, didn't come back. And I thought, well, look, I didn't instigate this small talk. He did. He really should complete it. It's uh, it's poor form. I have been tempted to ask the beard, though, for his name because we do talk 
frequently, but I'm wondering how I'd do it, because if Seb K sees it, it might diminish our own monumental name exchange and moment from back in the spring when we sealed it, seal the exchange of names outside in the Alfresco area by bumping fists. Another thing I've noticed about the bid is he rarely makes the coffees. He is their specialist specialist waiter, I guess you would call it. That's 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 all I see him doing. Maybe it's because he's quite affable and good with people and they stick the uh, more sullen people like the illustrated man behind the counter. Because I've been reworking an old project set in the cafe a decade ago, I've noticed that lattes were one pound ten in 2011. Now they're more than double, though still relatively low. But, you know, that's still quite a... Still quite a price rise. Meantime, in the mullet stakes, the mullet and I are literally neck and neck. I have been trying to get a haircut. I tried to get a haircut before going to Morden on Saturday, but the prices in SW9 and SW8 and SE11 have rocketed. You know, I used to be able to get a haircut at for £12 in cutting crews. Now it's £15. There's another place on South Lambeth Road, £16. Uh, both of those places are well ventilated. There is another one that I saw in Brixton that isn't well ventilated. It's it's going to come down, I think, to ventilation, but I don't want to pay 15, 16 pounds for a barber. You know, when you're still going to be worrying whether the blade is clean. Never mind COVID. Is the blade clean? Seb K, back to the cafe. Seb K helloed me on Thursday. I, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was Thursday on his way to another table. And I helloed back and threw in a how are you and got nothing back. I think I got to learn to pick when to add in the how are you because sometimes there's only time for a hello. I'm going to be going back to the cafe today. As I, I think I said that earlier, Some it's coming up to it's 11.57 hours now. I'm going to be trying to leave here by 13.45 and get out. It should do me good today. Just feeling feeling like that. Don't know if you heard that. Just on Friday, you had to go in through the side entrance to get into the cafe. Half of the alfresco paving area was being dug up by British gas. That was all over by Saturday morning. Saturday morning, I just I couldn't sleep. I thought I'll go and have uh, breakfast there, treat myself to some toast, although it's overpriced. And uh, on my way there, saw the local character, the Brixton Lampos pole dancer mentioned in one of my Cafe Chronicles episodes for Resonance back in 2018. She was walking southbound on Stockwell Road. She was dragging a big recycling bin. Don't know where she got that from because she was way away from where she lives. And she was dragging this recycling bin and a pink dustpan and brush. She was wearing only a leopard skin print jacket, tiny pink shorts. I think she was barefoot again, and she stopped at the bottom of Stockwell Road and proceeded to sweep the road opposite the academy. I mean, there's so many characters, in inverted commas, in the area, but she's got to be up there with the greatest. She is... um, She's just extraordinary. When I reached the cafe, I was really pleased to see that the wonderful veteran waitress was back, very tanned too. Smiles were exchanged as she paused her cleaning of the door to let me in. As I took my table on Saturday morning, I, I, I mourned Mr. and Mrs. Chinfisher, as I said to you guys I would if I saw them, because when I went in there for my first Saturday morning in two or three years, uh, about a month ago, I saw them and I didn't uh, didn't hello them, didn't mourn in them. But I thought, no, I, I want to get back what uh, 
what I worked hard to to get off the ground in 2018. So this time I, I gave them the morning. Mrs. Fisher was biting into a Portuguese uh, into a slice of Portuguese toast as I did. So the timing on my part wasn't perfect. But I I just wanted to revive our morning greetings after a three year absence, hoping they lead on the next one. I. You know, Mrs. Fisher might have been within her rights to remark in Portuguese to Mr. Fisher how my timing on the morning was poor, given that she was shoving some toast into her mouth. If I'd been in her mid-mastication shoes, I'd probably choose something when I got back home while looking in the mirror. I know what I'm like, and I'd be looking in the mirror, chewing something, reenact my hello back to see how bad my return morning might have looked while I was chewing. Now, um... Not Mick Fleetwood arrived on Saturday morning to find that I'd taken his table for the first time that week. He arrived with his laptop and Guardian paper. He always carries his red laptop in its original packaging. And these days, that box is battered. I'm telling you, I think the cafe is the only place where I sometimes feel normal in comparison to other people. It's... Who who takes... Who travels with their laptop in its original box. It puts me in mind of an old neighbour during my school days. He lived on Mayflower. He had a big Victorian explorer beard before the Shoreditch revival. I'd leave early for school, about you know probably about 07, 30 hours. He lived across the road. He'd be coming out of his house at the same time. Suited, charcoal-coloured Mac. He had the big beard, as I said, big Victorian explorer beard before they became fashionable. And he always left his house carrying a large red refuse sack to work, which was always packed with stuff. He would have been traveling southbound. So he wasn't working in the city. I don't know where he was working, but it was just really, really strange. He looked like a tramp, basically, who had a house. That's what he looked like. Meantime, still with Saturday, a regular ordered himself uh, broccoli and chips for breakfast. I tweeted this. Omnitom tweeted back, not to be competitive, but you'll need to go some to beat a Frey Bentos bus stop breakfast. I think the south sides of Glasgow and London are spiritually linked. I think that's uh, that's probably true, Omnitom. Aside from Saturday... As I said, Not Mick has been on a fine run of form in terms of claiming the favoured single-seater table. Uh, the only day he didn't get it, obviously, was uh, Saturday. And what I've done, I touched on it at the start of the show, I think. I changed my times last week. Even though I tend to write better in the mornings, I started going in in the afternoons because I've been trying to avoid the guy who asked me for that really, really big favour. I do have what he requested in my trouser pockets in case I do run into him. So I can say, look, I've done, you know, done it. I've just had to change my times for whatever reason. But uh, that really did mar my day last Monday. That really did, uh, I think, trigger um, quite a negative day for me. I have started returning my tall glass to the counter when I'm leaving now. My second latte, I, I, I take it back to the counter. I chatted briefly to the owner, the late owner's son, as I left. He looked tired. I can't see him tolerating that lifestyle for too much longer. You know, he's a guy who did a degree in engineering. You know, it, this wasn't part of his plan for his life, running a cafe. I think he's doing it as, you know, out of respect for his late mum who put in so much of her life into making this place work. But, uh, you know, the generations change and what's worked for her 
may not work for him, which is why I expect uh, big changes to the cafe in the next year. Unfortunately, I think it's the Billingsgate fish market trips 3am every night that are doing him in. I don't think he went to uni for that. He'd written fire on the crook of his left arm. I noticed that in Upper Casing and had me wondering why that was. You know, it says W8 insurance job wouldn't be the first cafe in the area to pull such a move off. And that is it. That is the end of this week's show. Now it's time for you to get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun. Keep washing those hands. Keep ventilating too. I'm Daniel Ruiz-Tyson. And this start of the week, I have been available. Available.